Why is he always trying to create some beef between us and Mason in Ireland? Because it's fun, it's entertaining, and apparently it's really easy to do. Yeah, clearly it is. Because they do get they they have clearly already told us that it's easy to get under their skin, which is only going to add more fodder to Chris's uh, plate here at this point. No, and I you know I'm here for it. I'm here because a happy Morales is a happy ESPN LA. Can we yeah. just be real with it? If he's good, then everybody's imaging is on point. Yeah. But when and, he's not happy, yeah, look yeah. out. Yeah, I also feel like Greg secretly likes the fact that uh, that is happening to them since he doesn't have to deal with them directly every day anymore. I mean, it is pretty funny. But at the same time, like, this isn't something new. You guys used to have beef with them back in the day. Like, Laura, play that sound that I sent you. Okay, that's it. I want to point out that we just went to uh, a what we call a break. We played commercials. Yeah. And at the beginning of the break, there was a morning show promo. And at the end of the break, there was a morning show promo. Oh, yeah. For the love of God, make it stop. That was YouTube. You know, we enough could ban, already. We have enough juice where we could ban morning show promos from our there show. There are too many. You don't need two and one. Let's just, I want, instead of a morning show promo, how about more of us talking? That's what people are here for. They're not here to hear about another show. They're here to hear us. Yeah. That's, said That's an excellent lot. point. Yeah. I'm going to work on that while you're gone. Okay. I'm going to sabotage the morning show promos. Good. Do it. You do know what we're going to do? We're going to mystery science theater the morning show That promos. is a fantastic idea. So they'll play them, but oh, our mics will remain open. just talk over them. Just goof on them. Yeah. They'll love that. Oh, that is such a great idea. I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, well, you can steal it. All right. Feel and free. I, and you know see, this is what you two did. You can bring Wait. it down, Laura. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I was going to say, that's so a very long a, cut. Yeah. So they did a whole segment about how they didn't want to talk about the morning show while talking about the morning show the entire segment. Right. Right. And it was you two. Okay. Right. It was when me and you and LZ and uh, you, me and Key were doing the show together. This is the original morning show? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. mean from the very beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow! You know, I, I you know I think that uh, you know there may be something to this. Maybe Greg's right. So, are, Greg, are you now stoking the flames? Is that what you're doing? Are you saying that this has been personal for many years? I would never do something like that, but yes, it has been personal for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, but anyway, that was a very long cut, Greg. We didn't need all that cut. We kind of got the gist of it after about ten or fifteen seconds. We could have, we could have, we could have cut it off at some point, but yeah, you know, yeah, it still worked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, either way, LZ, uh, let me ask you a question. There's a lot of talk, obviously, about deals, right? Like last night, I don't know about you, but I found myself, like I, last night I was going to go to bed early, right? I was like, oh, you know, Bears, Vikings, like who cares? You know what I mean? Unless you're Mike yep. Trudell, who grew up a Vikings fan, right? My guy, our guy, Mike. Hey, listen, the Vikings are making a comeback in that division, you know? Like they're not, they're not dead they're yet. 500. I, I, they're like a game back, aren't they? Uh, so anyway, I'm like, eh, who cares about this? Nothing right. is going to happen, right? Like, we're, you know, I, maybe we'll, you know, if we get a deal, it's probably not going to be crazy, right? And then all of a sudden, I literally, I grabbed my iPad. I got the news on. I'm watching cable news. And I got my guy Chris Cuomo on. And uh, I'm reading my iPad. And all of a sudden, I'm getting all these crazy damn alerts, okay? And it's Woj. And it's Shams, and it's Zach Lowe, and it's Woj like 17 more times. And I'm like, what is happening? So I open up all these alerts, and it's literally the entire world is being traded for each other. 
uh, whether it's <laughs> Milwaukee, uh, New Orleans, uh, Houston traded Robert Covington to Portland. Like everything was happening, and I, I so I found myself. And here's the thing: because my back has been hurting all week, I have um, been taking muscle relaxers. So. The f- yesterday was going to be my first day off of muscle relaxers, so it's going to be tough to go to sleep. So I took some Zequil, right, so I could just kind of fall asleep um, and kind of wean myself off of the meds. And I was like literally keeping like toothpicks in my eyes to keep it open because everything was happening. And I, I was texting with people. I'm like, am I even making sense when I'm texting with people right now about all this stuff? But lo and behold, my biggest takeaway from all of this was two things. David Griffin is really good at this trade stuff. And I think the Bucks traded way too much for a very good player in Drew Holiday. Um, they traded elite-level assets for a very good player. And those are my two biggest takeaways of what happened last night as I was trying to put toothpicks in my eyes to stay open because of the z Okay, first of all, just smoke pot. Like, you, you're doing way too much. It's legal. It soothes the pain. Just a little, or a gummy, you know. Break off half, and then right before you go to bed, eat the I try other to, half. I try to not do that during the week, is what I would say. I try to play nice during the week. No alcohol, no adult fa- uh, you know, favors, nothing. Just I try to keep it straight I, during the week. And I try to do the opposite. I try to make sure I do it during the week. <laughs> so my body's conditioned for the weekend. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, start cold turkey. Then it won't know what to do in the weekend. Yeah. But the, but to your point about all the trades, a lot of names, a lot of movement. Not a single one has made me nervous. Not a single one as a Laker fan has no. made me nervous. No. Milwaukee. No. Let me explain to you, Milwaukee, how to build a championship team. How about this? Because or- we're up against it. How about okay. save that for the other side? You explain to Milwaukee how to build a championship team like the Lakers. You, we will continue to explore how much the Lakers should be yawning at Milwaukee right now uh, at this particular move because there is actually something that I don't think is a given yet. So we'll get to all of that coming up in four minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here. So Giannis and the Bucks are making moves. I don't think the Lakers should care because I feel like they're just faking moves. Uh, You know, at least in regards to actually competing for a championship. We'll dive into that in a second. But first, LZ, you and I were talking about this earlier before the show in our show meeting. You were talking about an issue you were having with your garage, and then I, uh, I relayed a story. But for the audience, uh, if you'd like to relay the story. So uh, I think some of you may know, listening to the show, uh, that I've renovated. we've renovated our garage and turned it into a full gym. Like, we're not going back to a gym. Like, we got the gym equipment the whole nine. Just bought a tonal thing is amazing so we got a tonal and a peloton so it's a really nice gym mm-hmm. keep the door open when we work out of course as i was closing it one of the wheels pop off Uh-oh. from the track yeah the garage door falls off the track uh-huh the 
track starts to bend and it's working its way towards the total that we just purchased and is on the wall. So I spring into action like I'm a Justice League member, not Superman, but one of the lesser ones that can get shot, but I still got a costume. So I run over and I hold up the garage door and I'm like saying words I can't repeat right here without Laura dumping them all. And all I keep thinking is, we spent all this damn money renovating this garage and the freaking door is like, where's mine? <laughs> yeah. So right now, yeah. uh, I'm assuming there is a 24-hour uh, emergency uh, garage maintenance person working to uh, get the garage door back on the track and replace the now severely bent, if not torn off the wall, railing. Yeah. No, listen, I, I hear you. So it's funny you say that. So for whatever reason, um, over the last year, I have found myself having not a phobia, but a just it, it one day it popped into my head that I looked as my garage door was going up and down. Like I'm like, I looked at those wheels and the rails and I'm like, yo, man, that thing can fall pretty easily. You know what I'm saying? Like that is because that thing, you know, it takes a set, you know, it takes a while to kind of pull up and it takes its time. Yep. And I'm like. Man, we depend a lot on that thing. And that thing can just break off fairly easily. So I normally just wait until the whole thing goes up or goes down. But if I'm in a rush, I literally will run through with my hands above my head just in case that damn thing comes (laughs) collapsing down. As ridiculous as that sounds and as ridiculous as you can think of picturing me doing that, that is exactly what I do on the occasion. I feel like I still need to run through very quickly because I'm in a hurry. I had no idea you were a garageophobe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very I, didn't even, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, but when you brought that up, I, I like it, literally. I didn't even let you finish. I was like, "Oh my god, I do this because I'm afraid of the damn thing falling on my head." Well, you know what? After today, I no longer will laugh in your face about this. I'm gonna laugh about it behind your back still, but I won't laugh at you in your face about your garage door phobia. Right. Yeah, it's fine. So, did you know that there is an actual name for a fear of doors? Oh, you have, man. you have entomophobia. It sounds like something like you like entomans or something. <laughs> it's a I mean, I did love pound phobia. cake when I was a kid, but you know, yeah, uh, that's definitely what it not says. afraid of it. Um, fear of doors. Entomophobia. Doors, though. Like I don't know, doors. Well, like, they don't have fear of garage doors. Well, maybe they should make one up then. You so should own yeah. You should own this week and that word. Right, sedanophobia. We can just do that. That is the fear of garage doors falling on you. Here, there you go. Uh, I just typed of- in garage phobia and your face popped up, George. Has this really been around for a while? There it is. There is a- uh, so speaking of phobias, uh, no reason for the Laker fans to have phobias because of this Bucks move. Um, look, so go ahead, Elsie. You were going to lay out, because uh, we got like three minutes here, uh, before we talked to Kirk Morrison coming up at uh, 440 to talk some football, you wanted to lay out kind of why you think that the Laker fans basically should be yawning uh, about this move and how how to build a real championship team. Well, it's really simple, and it really applies to every single team sport. You never make major moves trying to keep a disgruntled You just don't. Right. You make moves to win a championship. I don't feel as if the Milwaukee Bucks made moves to build a championship. They made moves to try to please their superstar who's already got a place in Miami probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I were the Milwaukee Bucks, what I would try to do is trade Giannis for Bam 
maybe get Tyler Hero if you can, and try to build a championship team and not try to make moves to keep Giannis in Milwaukee. Because the moves that they've made has sacrificed their future, mm-hmm. has not elevated them in a way at all, and may end up being overwhelmingly futile because Giannis is probably still going to leave. Why? Because you're Milwaukee. And you need to know who you are. And you need to know who you drafted and where they came from and what well, their sensibilities are. It's interesting you say that. So I was listening to Brian Winhorse's podcast, The Hoop Collective, last week, right? And it was him, Tim McMahon, and there was somebody else in there who I don't remember, so I apologize to that person. But they, Brian brought up this potential scenario. He said, look, if I were advising Giannis, I would tell Giannis, sign the Supermax. And then you have to wait basically, uh, I think it's either a year or two from when you sign the Supermax that you can get dealt. I think it's a year. Um, so basically it would be like, you know, two, two seasons removed, right? Um, and he's like, you know, you give yourself a year or two to see if whatever they do for you works. And if not, you've gotten your money, right? And you say, yep. peace out. So to your point, um, them going all in for, with players who are good but not elite, I don't think helps them all that much because I still don't know if I, – I, mean, I don't know if they're the best team in the East. I'd say they're in the mix with a bunch of teams. But I, I ultimately, they may be in a situation where Giannis still says, nah, it didn't work. We gave it two or three years. And I'm out because he's, you know, he's in his mid-20s. He's going to want to move again before he's 30. There's probably going to be an opt-out regardless in there at some point after three or four years. So, like, yeah. And by the way, they've traded out picks through 2027. So if he does leave in three years or whatever it is after a potential opt-out, you still have to pay the piper for three or four more years. Yep. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, listen, I get it. You have a incredibly talented player who is still getting better. Right. And you want to continue to build around this player. I get all of that. But uh, you're Milwaukee. Yeah, exactly. You're not the Lakers. You're, <laughs> you're not, not the Lakers. You're not a glamour city. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where where you're going to get free agents. It's just a very strange uh, way to handle it. Like, that was my issue when we were talking purgatory with Ireland. Like, he's like, oh, you know, Rob Palenka, Pat Riley, those guys give away picks all the time. Yeah, they're in Miami and L.A. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. who doesn't want to play in those cities? You know what I mean? Like, no, who's flocking to Milwaukee? You know what I mean? Like, nobody. That's the whole point. You have to treat it like a small market. I just don't get it. Right. Um, how do the Rams got to treat the rest of their season without their best uh, guy along the offensive line? Really, their anchor of their offense in a lot of ways, Andrew Whitworth. And is the kicking game a problem? We'll talk to Kirk Morrison about all those things in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, we're giving away a virtual key in the 5 o'clock hour. Hopefully you were listening to Mason and Ireland in the 3 o'clock hour. 
for the road trip destination of the day, and you can get one of those 15 keys that could start the Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of Culver City Mazda, a brand new car. I was seeing, I saw it a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. It is beautiful, and it's sitting right there, hopefully for you listening in. But you got to tune in in the 5 o'clock hour. It can happen in any one of those commercial breaks, so make sure you're locked in. Make sure you're locked in to Kirk Morrison, who joins us here, part of our Rams coverage, of course, friend of the program, uh, former NFL player. Uh, eight years in the league of that that hard ass league. Speaking of hard, Kirk, why do you think it is so hard out here for a pimp? Still, why do you think Three Six Mafia uh, it was was a uh, forecasting how it's still hard for pimps? Because LZ's right, it's still hard out here for a pimp. Yeah, you're from Oakland, don't you know? Yeah, I know, man. I think uh, you have to evolve with the uh, with the times. So the way you used to do things back in the day, uh, now you gotta you know. Instagram, TikTok, uh, Snapchat, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, it's hard because you got to keep up with what's going on. And so, I don't know. You guys got a PS5 yet? I mean, you got to be up with what's going on, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm still, it's hard out I'm here. I'm waiting for Coos to drop mine off still. I can't find one. <laughs> I'm waiting for Coos to give me mine. He tweeted he was going to give them away before he deactivated his account. I know. He deactivated his account. I mean, Kirk Morrison, you played right. professional sports, okay? Yeah. Now, granted, it was the early dawn of Twitter still, right? It wasn't what yeah. it is now. But, right. I mean, how, do, how would you react in the locker room? How would guys in the locker room react to that? Yeah, man. I mean, you got to have tough skin, right? You can't stay, take the heat, get out the kitchen. I think sometimes you show your sensitivity as well when all of a sudden things are coming down on you. I did see a related story. I don't know if you guys saw this story that a, a player had deleted his account, but only because – he tweeted out a, a, a or posted a link that he wasn't supposed to post, I guess. I think he was trying to copy and paste to his URL, and the actual link was of uh, a suggestive uh, website that you can watch uh, adult videos. And so this player is no longer uh, has his, his account. So it's a little bit different than what Kuz is doing. And Kuz, obviously, look, man, everybody uh, saw the petitions that were out there throughout the NBA Finals, uh, saying that Koo shouldn't get a trophy. Uh, he, he sees that, he reads that, and that's what social media has been. Like, I started in 2009 when it first really hit the NFL, and I know guys in my locker room were, used to rip me all the time, like, why are you on that Twitter stuff, man? you you you, you doing too much. And, and now I, I can't, I mean, guys always talking about follow you this and follow you that. So that's how I know guys are reading Twitter, reading social media. And for you to delete your account, it just kind of tells you uh, – you know, it's getting to you a little bit. No, 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 no doubts about it. So let's talk about the players whose accounts are still active. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's, start, let's start with uh, Greg the Leg and Sean McVay and the Rams because he said something very revealing, you know, this week in terms of missing that consistency there. And obviously we've seen it ourselves as Rams fans. But between missing Greg the leg and now perhaps, you know, big wit for a long haul, how does not have this consistency threatening a championship run for this team? I think it's threatening because that's the one piece I think that the Rams have struggled with mightily is the uh, just special teams in general. Now, John Bonamago, who's the new off, who's the new special teams coordinator, he's not John Bones Fossil who has been with the Rams since – you know, they came from St. Louis and, you know, just recently went over to uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The Rams special teams have really been some uh, – it's just not what we've we've seen before. Now, Johnny Hecker has been well, but we've seen a punt return for a touchdown. We've seen some kickoffs that, you know, set up some great field position for the opposing team. 
And then every week, it's a mixed extra, mixed extra, extra point. There's a missed field goal. And if you're a championship-level defense, which is what I'm looking and seeing from the Rams, if you're an offense that can score points like the Rams' offense can do, you've got to be able to have solid special teams, and they don't have that. And I had a coach used to tell me this, LZ. He said, it only catches up with you when it catches up with you, right? Meaning that right now it hasn't caught up to the Rams. But as you get deeper into the season, and if the Rams make it to the playoffs, it will catch up with you. What they, you know, not paying Greg the leg, who was consistent in kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone, was consistent enough, I thought, in the field goal range, but they wanted to get better. They didn't want to pay the price tag. And sometimes when you don't pay that price, you end up paying for it in other ways, and that's where the Rams are right now with their special teams units. Kirk Morrison with us here. Can they overcome the challenge that they face with Andrew Whitworth being out potentially six to eight weeks? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think when you look at um, the way that they drafted around the offensive line, right, Bobby Evans and um, you know, having uh, Joe Noteboom, David Edwards, a lot of these guys, they actually drafted to be the heir apparent to Andrew Whitworth. The only thing is that Andrew Whitworth kept playing at such a high level. It's like, all right, dude, well, until you tell us no, Andrew, you can still play left tackle. And so this is sort of kind of the succession plan. It's kind of in place right now. These guys were drafted to back up with and then actually to eventually, you know, make the transition to that starting left tackle. So they, they can still maintain. You're going to see some more, you know, three, maybe, maybe two, three tight end sets now. So you're going to see more tight ends on the field just to help out in that blocking. Because you just, let's just be honest, you're not going to put, you know what I'm saying, David, I mean, Joe Noteboom out there on an island by himself against some of the best premier pass rushers in the NFL. So Sean McVay's going to have to have a game plan to not only get the ball out quickly, but I think as, as well as have a little extra protection over there. You know, you, you can't expect a guy who is, you know, still a young player in the league to go up against a defensive end who's making $16 million a year to go sack the quarterback. That's just impossible. So why not help him out? And so Sean McVay has to have a plan to make sure they can get through this time without Andrew Whitworth. I believe the Rams have shown us that their defense can win them a championship. Do you believe in their offense? Do you believe in golf? Yeah, I think that's always going to be the story every single week with Jared Goff. But Jared is who he is, right? Jared is, the, is, is a resilient guy who he'll have one of those clunkers like he had in Miami. But the thing about Jared is it never happens two games in a row, right? It's like when Jared plays bad and you start questioning everything about him, he comes back with just the performance that you expect from him where he doesn't necessarily turn the ball over, which, look, that wasn't his fault. I mean, Jamal Adams comes scot-free and hits him. I mean, that's, that's hard to do when he, you know, uh, the, the fumble there. But outside of that, Jared Goff was crisp in all his passes. He was, you know, very direct, moved the offense up and down the field. And, look, their offense can win them a championship. I really believe that. And I think they have an offensive coordinator that can help them win a championship in their head coach, Sean McVay. That's not going to be the question. The question for me is, what's the identity, though? They still don't have an identity, right? At least two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl in 18, right, the identity was Todd Gurley. Everything went through Todd Gurley, and then you threw the ball when you could to the outside to Woods and Cooks and Cup. Well, right now, I don't know what the identity is because they're still doing the running back by committee, three different guys. They haven't had just one lead guy. And then Jared Goff, you know, has spread the ball around, but – 
are they really a running team or are they a passing team? What is their identity? And so that's what concerns me the most because I don't know what Rams offensive unit I'm going to get week to week. And if they don't figure that out, that's, I think, the, the part for me that's really got me confused. Kirk Morrison with us here. Your old squad, the Raiders, they're balling right now. How real is this? Uh, it's real. It's real. Uh, Derek Carr is playing outstanding. They had to fix the defense. That's really what it come, that came down to. Defensively, they uh, put it like this, fellas. They had three interceptions the whole season. They got three interceptions last Sunday alone against the Denver Broncos. That just shows you defensively they've picked it up a notch. The communication is there. Um, they're just doing better in all aspects. Their special teams units different from the Rams, but they're definitely solid. They're doing well in that aspect. And, and Derek Carr is finally letting it We all felt Derek Carr, I think John Gruden is forcing him now to do what? Throw the ball down the field, take those play-action pass shots. But they also ran the ball effectively over the last couple weeks with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker. So it's a little bit different than the Rams, meaning that I know what the Raiders' identity is. They want to beat you up up front, run the football, and play action you to death where the Rams not so much. So that's why you got to look and believe in what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders right now sitting at 6-3. and three. Very quickly, the other L.A. team, Chargers, they're in every single game. They've lost all but two of them. What is the biggest issue for this team in terms of inability to close out games that they're leading? Uh, it's, a, it's a mindset, LZ, that's all. It's a mindset. And I've been there before as a as a former player, um, where everything's going right, and at the you know the instant of a bad play or a mistake, the doubt creeps in of here we go again, and it happens way too much with the Chargers. That's what it's always been. And when you have players like Keenan Allen saying like we're doing everything right, yet win the game, we get finish the game. And I don't know if that's a head coach thing because this is just who they are. You got to get out of that mindset. I don't know how they do that, LZ. I really don't. Now I think Justin Herbert gives them hope. Their their team gives them hope, but they got to get out of that mindset of being the Chargers late in games, being that the Chargers are going to charge, and that's something that uh, <laughs> it's a mentality that has to change. And I'm trying to figure out the head coach. He's not the problem. It's the players, and the players got to figure it out. I just don't know how they do that. Kirk Morrison, of course, part of our Rams coverage. Check him out on College Football on ESPN Television as well. And friend of the program. All right, man, thank you so much for hanging out. Stay healthy, stay safe, okay? Thank you, All sir. All good, fellas. Y'all be good. All right, you too. There he is, Kirk Morrison with us here on the Celebrity Hotline presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Coming up next, what you need to know. We've got some cool Dodgers news and some interesting news uh, about the Rams that we didn't get to about Kirk. And coming up at 5 o'clock. Woo! The Rockets thing just got turned up to like 700 degrees. I'll explain what that means. Stick around. We're back in two and a half minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
What You Need to Know is presented by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. We've got some crazy Rockets news coming up in literally two minutes. So stick around for that. And don't forget, virtual key. We're giving you a chance to win a car. Uh, you can win one of those virtual keys that could start that car. Culver City Mazda hooked us up with a 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport that we're going to give away on November 30th. But you could win one of the keys that could start that car in the 5 o'clock hour. So keep it locked. Uh, you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. We just talked Rams with Kirk Morrison. The Rams and Bucks will be playing on Monday Night Football Z, which means we have a day off, actually, on Monday, if you didn't know that. Uh, so that means we could witness the first all-black officiating crew on ESPN television, which will officiate that Rams-Bucks game. What does that make you feel like? Makes me feel like, you know, about time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, like I'm, I'm glad it's happened, but when you're still doing first that seem pretty basic like this in the year 2020, it just makes mm-hmm. me wonder, you know, what were you doing? Yeah. Because it's purposefully done, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but now it's uh, it's happened. And, it, you know, look, we, we had women uh, officiating crew or not crews, but officiating games now in the NFL and the NBA. The NBA was pioneering on that, right? Yep. I mean, uh, this is going to be normal. Like, there are going to be – people can be officials regardless of what they look like or their gender or uh, ethnicity, all that stuff. Like, a good official is a good official, right? Um, or a bad official is a bad or official, Or a bad official right? is a bad official, Yeah, right, you can exactly. yell at someone regardless of race and gender from your television screen and your couch. That is uh, equality. When mediocrity is able to hold on to its job, regardless of skin color. <laughs> That's equality. Or gender. Yes, or gender. Yes. Or gender. Uh, one more for you because we've got plenty of Dodger stuff, which we'll do in the next What You Need to Know at 555. Uh, Cody Bellinger, though, uh, shoulder surgery, out 10 weeks, should be back by spring training. This is from when he jammed his – when he popped his shoulder. Remember celebrating uh, during the World Series. Uh, man, uh, I think we were lucky that he actually was able to make it through that World Series, no? Yeah, uh, clearly – you know, when he said it popped out, it was kind of like, like all the way out? Yeah, it was because he like was <laughs> laughing about it. It's like, oh, right. okay, it's not that bad. But he had surgery, but he's clearly, out 10 weeks. Yeah, clearly, you know, there was some damage done. And, you know, I'm glad that, he, I'm glad that he's addressing it now and that he's not going to miss any time. For sure. But clearly, this is something that needs to be stopped in baseball, period. It's a ridiculous celebration, obviously. Yeah, they need to be a little more careful. Um, so yeah, anyway, all right. That's what you need to know presented by Morongo play it safe. Good times. Um, so LZ, we're going to do some Lakers talk at five fifteen because Anthony Davis said something that's got Laker fans, uh, not feeling so great right now, uh, which we're, we're just going to calm Laker fans down is what I'm going to tell you, but you're going to need to hear what Anthony Davis said. I don't think it's a big deal, but you know, the internet makes everything a big deal. So we will, we'll get to that at five fifteen. But before that, Tim McMahon, uh, who covers the NBA for us, he basically covers the Texas teams for us. Yep, there's 15 uh, of them. Yeah, we, he has some breaking news. Go ahead, Laura. Give me the breaking news sound. Uh, sources. The Houston Rockets are willing to get, quote, uncomfortable with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. The Rockets feel no pressure to trade Harden or Westbrook, regardless of their superstar's strong desire for fresh starts with different franchises. And again, are willing to get uncomfortable as training camp opens and the season begins. The Rockets want, according to Tim McMahon, in return for their superstars, their asking price, particularly for Harden, is, quote, a young star and a massive package of picks. Now, it's funny because you and I started the show talking about Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday, 
basically went for a similar package that Paul George got. Now, I am not trying to diminish Drew Holiday as a player. He's a very good player, and I know people have had fun clowning Paul George. But Paul George is an elite player who played very poorly uh, just recently and has had some struggles in the playoffs, much like we talked about Clayton Kershaw forever struggling in the playoffs. And I'm not comparing them as even regular season players, but he's elite. Uh, Paul George is elite. James Harden is elite. So if Drew Holiday is going to get you three wow. first-rounders, <laughs> two pick swaps, and picks through 2027, what the hell is James Harden supposed to get you who's an MVP? Listen, I would not trade James Harden or Westbrook for pennies on a dollar because they want to go play with their friends. Right. I just wouldn't do it. Now, I understand that there are rumors that, you know, the owners, um, Mr. Furtada. Furtina. Uh, I like to call him Furtada. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Texas and everything. Yeah. Um, I understand that they may not like his political, you know, affinity. That was that uh, put out there on TMZ today, yes. was put out there. And that is something that they clearly need to work out for themselves. Mm-hmm. But even with that being said, that does not give you the gravitas or the power to just demand that you be traded to a certain team and don't care what they get in return. They right. don't have that right. that authority. They don't have that power. They don't have the leverage. Yeah. So I don't blame the Houston Rockets. And then there's this other thing, too, which is the new owner. He's not Balmer. No, he's very leveraged. He's um, very leveraged. So he, he <laughs> borrowed money to buy the team at $2 billion, uh, yep. and he owns a lot of restaurants, and he owns a lot of hotels, and during a pandemic, those are bad businesses to have. Very bad. He reportedly had to take out $300 million at 13% just to keep the, the, the business afloat. Right. So he's not looking to just spend money to players who aren't playing either. Right. <laughs> so... He is leveraged in a different sort of way, whereas he can't afford to have Westbrook and, and, and Harden just sitting at home getting checks. Right. And by the way, Woj reported last night before we went off the air, don't forget that he offered James Harden an extension of several years at $50 million a year. He would have been the first $50 million player, and Harden allegedly turned that down. Which is stupid, which is a conversation we'll talk about later. Yeah. But I'm sitting here, I'm like going, you have an owner – who is financially leveraged and has no interest of going over the luxury tax at all. Right, has said that, yes. Has said that and financially probably can't. You know, when he purchased the team, he reportedly only had $300 million cash anyway. Right. So it was already a shaky transaction to begin with. And now you have your two most expensive players saying they want to be traded, which is fine. But if you're this owner, you can't devalue your franchise. Correct. Just to send them to go play with their friends. Well, and at the end of the day, they're under contract. For example, you and I are under contract, right? This to this radio true. station, to our particular employers, right? Uh, you have several of them. <laughs> and, uh, and there are things that we can and can't do under right. the guides of those contracts, right? Um, for example, if you and I... Uh, wanted to do an interview on a rival network, right? Um, we would have to get permission from right. the company to do that. And that's the reality of being under contract. 
And if you're and look, you and I, it's weird, right? Because you and I are super pro player. You know what I mean? But in this particular instance, to your point, they don't have the leverage. You know, James Harden is under contract for at least two more years. Oh, could be three, depending on the opt-in situation. Same for Westbrook. You know what I mean? So they don't have the leverage. They're not up in a year or a year and a half. Or You know what I'm saying? So that's why, if you're the Rockets, you can let this play out at least till the, um, the trade deadline and have plenty of room to yep. make that happen because that's where they're at. Uh, remember, that's how it was happening with Anthony Davis. Remember, they tried at the trade deadline and then eventually got done over the summer. But, yeah, there, there's only so much wiggle room you have, right? Like, and here's the thing. So, James Harden specifically only wants two teams. He wants the Nets, right, yep, yep. who don't have great assets. They have okay assets, you know. And the Sixers, who have – really good young players, right? They would have you could trade Embiid or Simmons, but they're probably looking at it as, well, our whole point would be we would want James Harden and not have to part with one of those guys. But that's just not going to happen. Like when he's under contract for that long, you have to give up something to get something in this scenario. You absolutely do. And the question for this new coaching staff in front office is what's the plan? Do you still view yourself as a championship caliber team? You know, obviously none of us thought you were, but you viewed yourself as that. Well, they they announced that before the the season started, right? Yeah, that, yeah right. They felt that was the case. They were right. still competing for a championship. Like I didn't take them seriously. I don't think you took them seriously no. either. But they took themselves seriously, so Correct. that's fine. So, what's your plan now? Because what you can't do. It's just do what Milwaukee did, which is make random moves trying to keep superstars happy. Correct. You need to have a plan to build a championship if you want to be successful. So what's your plan? Is it to work things out with James Harden as best you can and maybe move Westbrook? Is it to keep Westbrook and move Harden? If you're moving both, what are you moving them for? Because what you don't want is just a bunch of mid-level players who are just going to have you floating around the nine seed for the next three years. Well, here's what I would say, and you tell me if I'm crazy. If I'm the Houston Rockets, I think this is the perfect time for a rebuild. There's a really good chance that there's not going to be fans in the stands still, right? At least most of these arenas, right? Or most of these cities. And maybe Houston is one of them, but there's still going to be a very small capacity of people in there, right? Yep. You don't have any assets as far as draft picks because you gave them all away previously right isn't this the perfect time to just hit the reset button and say okay Harden's got two years left on his deal at the very least so does Westbrook we can capitalize and get a lot in return maybe not so much for Russ because people don't like the way that contract ages because his his game is built on athleticism right where that's not necessarily the case with Harden but you can get uh, I mean you literally should be able to get a boatload for James Harden if Drew Holiday got you five picks. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I think that, that – and by the way, two functional players in Eric Bledsoe and, uh, and George Hill, not to mention, right? Like, let's, right. Not, let's not diminish that part of the equation. So, yeah, if I'm the Rockets, that's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to hit the reset button because if you're going to tank, next year's draft, by the way, there are at least four kids in that draft, LZ, that people that I've talked to, that know way more about the draft and scouting and all that stuff, 
they think there are at least four kids in that draft that are going to be game changers. They have been talking about the 2022 draft, okay? Or excuse me, the 21 and the 22 drafts um, for a long time because these kids have been this good for that long. Uh, coming, you know, in high school, they've been tracking them. So why not tank and just get rid of them and hit the reset button if you're them? I just don't get it. There's not going to be that many people in the, in the stands. It's not going to matter from a revenue standpoint. If you're going to hit... If you're going to tank, this is the year to tank. George, I've been saying that for weeks. I've been saying they need to blow this thing up for weeks. Yeah. I've been laughing at them continuing to trade, to try to, like, mask the, the aspects of the game that James Harden either is incapable of doing or has no interest in doing. Right. And they keep moving around these parts. I mean, when they got rid of Clint Capella, I was like, what? We just not going to do no defense? Is that right. what's happening here? Zero. So, yes. so, so I've been saying this for a long time. They need to blow up. And now they're blowing up from the inside out. And that obviously makes things a lot messier for the front office. But to your point, they still need to be focused on what's doing what's the best thing for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, no question. They can't about be it. trying to make James Harden happy and move yeah. him to the Nets and get him back, like, you know. I don't know, LaVert or somebody. Spencer Didwitty and right. LaVert and Jared Allen, who are nice players, but none We're of them nice. are stars. Yes. Exactly. It's like, yeah. don't do that. None of them project to be stars. That's the, that's the case. All right, coming up next, Anthony Davis spoke to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports and took an interesting tone that has Laker fans a little worried. I'm here to tell you, and LZ's here to tell you, that you shouldn't be worried, but you should hear it for yourself. We'll have that for you in three minutes. Uh, stick around for that. And, of course, at 5.30, our buddy Zach Harper of The Athletic, NBA columnist, is going to join us. We will talk a ton of NBA with him as well, so make sure you stick around for that. And, of course, we're giving away the virtual key in the 5 o'clock hour for that 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of our friends at Cover City Mazda. We're giving away the car on November 30th. Hopefully, you listen to the road trip destination of the day with Mason in Ireland. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back in three minutes.